0: Welcome to Pandemic Podcast, a podcast from Deccan Herald in which we focus on COVID-19 and the news around it. I'm your host, Varsha Gowda. It's the 57th day of the COVID-19 lockdown in India. At the time of recording this at 7am on May 20th Wednesday, data maintained by Deccan Herald shows that India has crossed 1,05,600 COVID-19 cases. An all-time high of 5,290 new cases were registered on Tuesday and 159 people died in India, taking the total death tally to 3,313. The Health Ministry said on Tuesday that India has so far reported about 0.2 deaths per lakh population due to viral infection as against the global figure of 4.1. Maharashtra now has 37,000 cases. The state is increasing its capacity to house COVID-19 patients to 3 lakhs. Tamil Nadu follows Maharashtra with 12,448 cases and Gujarat comes in third with 12,141 cases. In Gujarat, the death toll increased beyond 7,000. Tuesday saw the death of a 56-year-old nurse who was working in the COVID ward in a civil hospital. Delhi stands fourth with 10,554 cases. Currently, these four states together form 68.4% of cases in India. With thousands of migrants still struggling to reach their homes, the Centre has asked states to allow plying of more Shramik special trains and buses to ensure that no one hits the roads on foot. The Railways has been asked to run more special trains in consultation with the Ministry of Home Affairs. The Railways has been asked to provide the stoppages and destinations of trains in advance to states so that suitable arrangements are in place. All passengers should be screened and only asymptomatic passengers should be allowed to board the trains. States should collect the addresses and contact numbers of migrant workers, which can help in tracing contacts. District administrations have been asked to make arrangements for food, health care and counselling to encourage workers to stay back. Meanwhile, the Indian Railways on Tuesday modified its rules to run the Shramik special trains. The new rule said the consent of the states was not required to run the trains to transport stranded migrants. The railway said it only required a list of passengers from the states to operate the trains. Now, the onus of handling the inflow of the migrants will be on the receiving states. Indian Railways has also decided to operate 200 regular trains from June 1st and online advanced ticket booking will start soon. The Indian Railways has also decided to operate 200 regular trains from June 1st and online advanced ticket booking will start soon. Only booking will be allowed and no tickets will be sold at railway stations. Everyone can avail these services. Shramik specials will continue to operate. The 15 special Rajdhani trains which started operations from May 12th will also continue as per demand. Karnataka on Tuesday recorded the biggest single-day COVID spike with 149 fresh cases, of which 71 are from Mandya alone. The state also saw three deaths from Bengaluru, Vijayapura and Baldari. With this, The state's overall virus tally is 1,395 cases. However, a whopping 93% of total cases registered in Karnataka have had no symptoms of fever, cough or cold. The spiralling cases in Mandya is due to travel history to Maharashtra. This increase has also exposed the surveillance inefficiency of the district administration. A huge mismatch was observed between those who had registered on Seva Sindhu portal for entry into Mandya district and those who actually entered. Officials say this difference is because some migrants snuck past a check post. The district is now preparing to handle the migrant influx and quarantine. As many as 1173 people have arrived from Mumbai alone in the seven taluks of Mandya district so far. Mandia has 71 out of 149 COVID-19 cases reported on Tuesday in Karnataka, all of them returning from Mumbai. Hundreds of people who arrived at Kempegowda bus station in Bengaluru to travel to North Karnataka had to return disappointed. KSRTC closed services to most places in North Karnataka by 10am citing curfew restrictions. Though KSRTC had on Monday clarified that services will run to ensure that buses that depart from Bengaluru will reach destinations by 7pm, many travellers misunderstood this. More than 200 people were seen there waiting by afternoon. While some of them returned, others waited hoping that officials would see their struggle and run buses. The Bangalore International Exhibition Centre, a sprawling exhibition space in northern Bengaluru, continues to draw migrant workers who are desperate to find a shelter or to catch a train home. On Tuesday, hundreds of workers walked dozens of kilometres to reach BIC from Tumakuru and different parts of Bengaluru. But the police stopped them midway, citing space constraints of the venue as BIEC was filled to capacity. Chaos prevailed for some time on Tumkuru Road. The police, who had a tough time controlling the crowd, finally arranged trucks and buses to ferry the workers away. The workers were then asked to catch BMTC buses to reach their place of stay. Yesterday, we had narrated the story of Anikul Quarantine Facility where the inmates live-streamed their flash protests questioning the quality of food and hygiene. On Tuesday, Kitturani Rani Chanama Residential School at Telagera Halli in Anekal Taluk, where this protest happened, saw a flurry of activity while the government and administrations acted swiftly in order to rectify the problems and provide good food and facilities to the inmates. The day after the government allowed the operation of salons, the Bruhat Bengaluru Mahanagara Palike issued standard operating procedures to stop the spread of the novel coronavirus. People who have fever, cold or cough and people who are not wearing face masks will not be allowed in salons. Hand sanitizer should be made available at the doorstep. All staff in the salon should wear masks, hats and aprons. The same piece of cloth can't be used to cover the shoulders of customers. Each customer should get a use-and-throw towel or paper sheet. All equipment should be disinfected for 30 minutes by using 7% Lysol after each use. Salon owners should prevent crowding and ensure social distancing inside the salons. The floor, door handles and the entire premises must be disinfected twice a day with 1% sodium hypochlorite. All disposables, including blades and razors, have to be disinfected before handing it over to the Biomedical Waste Disposal Agency. The revised timetable for secondary school leaving certificate exams that was scheduled to be held between June 25th and July 3rd has been released by the Karnataka Secondary Education Examination Board. Students should report at the examination centre at least one hour before the examination and they should carry their own masks and sanitizers. More than 1.5 lakh students are appearing for the SSLC exams across the state. The department has increased the number of exam centres to maintain social distancing and ensure safety of students. The CBI on Tuesday issued a nationwide alert on a new banking Trojan virus, Cerebris. This virus tricks smartphone users. My colleague Shemin Joy explains what this new virus is and what it can do and why this should matter to you.
1: A banking Trojan, Cerberus has now been unleashed in the cyber world. And the warning comes from none other than the Interpol. What is a Trojan? Trojan is a type of a malicious code or software that looks genuine but with the capability of taking control of one's computer or a smartphone. It is designed to damage, disrupt, steal or inflict harmful action on data or network. Acting on the Interpol Information the country's premier investigating agency, the Central Bureau of Investigation, the CBI, has now issued a nationwide alert on banking trojan that tricks smartphone users into downloading malicious links related to COVID-19. It has alerted police forces of states and territories as well as the central agencies about the trojan that presents itself as an update related to the COVID-19 pandemic. According to the CBI, This Trojan primarily focuses on stealing financial data such as credit card numbers. In addition, it can use overlay attacks to trick victims into providing personal information and can capture two-factor authentication details. How it works? The CBA says the Trojan sends a text message to lure a user into downloading the link with malicious software. Once downloaded, the Trojan application launches into phishing attacks to steal data like credit card numbers. The cybercrime during the pandemic has been on the rise. The audacity and speed of cybercriminals in attempting to cash in on the pandemic was also seen soon after Prime Minister Narendra Modi announced setting up of PM CARES to collect funds for COVID-19. For this, a UPA was created. Soon after, several fake UPAs that are similar to the official ones have flooded the cyberspace, prompting banks and other official channels to issue warnings. Several fraudulent websites and e-commerce platforms have mushroomed, promising to sell medicines that could either prevent or cure COVID-19. Some others try to fool people by asking them to transfer money to treat patients.
0: That was Shemin Joy explaining why you need to be careful before clicking on random messages that's all for today if you like this episode don't forget to subscribe to this podcast do rate and review this podcast on apple Podcasts. we are also on google Podcasts, spotify and many of your other favorite platforms for the latest updates on covid19 and other news log on to com. check out our e-paper at com. to be updated on the go Follow our Telegram channel t.me slash News for instant updates. Take care, stay safe and stay indoors.